Welcome to Business Unplanned, a business podcast series by Vimo. I'm Michael Hyatt, and this is part four of a four-part series where I'll be answering questions from Canadian business owners all across the country. These questions were posed at Vimo's Small Business Month virtual event in October called Regaining Business Momentum After a Crisis. Hard to believe, but it's almost been one year since the pandemic hit in March 2020. On today's episode, I'll be answering questions about what you should expect moving forward in a post-pandemic environment and what it could mean for your business. So we can start with our first question today from Ray in Montreal. The hospitality industry has been crippled by the pandemic. We have pivoted and changed so much, but being a high risk, no bank would be willing to back us up. In your point of view, is there any changes we can do or should we just call it quits? Well, first of all, this this industry specifically, the travel and tourism industry, is absolutely ginormous and so critical to Canada and the U.S. And I think this industry, when you take a look at hotels and even from you know transportation and airlines, they were hit extremely hard. You can see it in the rates that people aren't staying in hotels, etc. Here's the issue. As I said in my opening, business travel is down about 80-85% in most places. But I think business travel and one of the main sources of kind of premium traveling is going to be down 50% for a long time. And there's a reason for that. And that's because this wormhole, the zoom hole that I think we've gone through is that people are realizing in this new normal as every month goes by that we can meet by zoom. If I were to say something in 2019, let's all have a zoom meeting. I think we all agree they do it, but it may be a bit awkward and maybe not the, the, the soup du jour that everybody does, but everybody's doing it now. And the question is, is that just become the new normal? And I think every month that goes by becomes a new normal. But to answer your question specifically, let's say you had a motel or a hotel and, and, and you're trying to figure out what to do. This is an extremely difficult thing to do. What I can see you do right now, I've been thinking about this question a lot. I think that this winter, especially across Canada, I think you could do really great business if you have a resort or if you have a motel, a hotel, and you have very, very specialized staycations for people that are local. I probably think that's your best way to do it. Can you pivot your resort or travel business where it's very specific to people locally? They don't have to travel far. They certainly didn't take a plane. Um, it's distance. It's fewer people. Maybe it's a premium. But there is no simple way out. Um, you can move to short-term rentals. The problem is that this type of forced stoppage we have in our economy doesn't get better until we're allowed to be together again. The next question is from Nikhil from St. Albert, Alberta. How do we prepare for post-pandemic? As soon as the virus ends, everything will be resumed. (laughs) And that's how the story ended. Yeah, so that's not going to happen. And uh, it's not going to happen for a number of reasons. Just logically, if if there's a great Samuel Beckett play called Waiting for Godot, and it's very famous. And the whole thing, there's these two people in the play mainly, and Godot never comes. And that's the play. Godot is not going to come, meaning we're not going to go back to the way it was. In the very minimum, 30% of people are never going to see their doctor again. I mean, you know, I have a one-year-old daughter, and basically I hold her up to the camera and say, what's this rash? <laughs> you know, and I just, you know, we're, we, we get along with things we would never find acceptable before. Every month that goes on is the way it's going to be. But what I do can tell you, is what we're doing right now is what we're going to do for foreseeable future. When it when the world comes back in a way, 
You have to prepare your company now to be 100% virtual. And when the world comes back, you can decide whether you're going to go 100% virtual, 50% virtual, meet again, whether you even need to meet again. But this whole idea that there's going to be, um, that it just goes away, um, isn't quite true. Thank you, Michael. Our next question is from Sophia in Toronto. There's now a huge push towards automation and AI and more computing. Do you see a huge amount of job loss coming anytime soon? Yeah, so I get asked about this a lot. I get asked about, you know, with all the computing coming in, is it going to take everybody's jobs away and are robots going to take over? And are we going to be a country that, you know, we go become AI and all this and all these job losses? The short answer and the simple answer is, yes, robots are coming to take your jobs just like they've always done for maybe 100 years. The truth is, is that we've never been good with changes of people, but once we do take the change, we tend to do better. You know, there was a time in the 1980s when Excel spreadsheets were coming out and Lotus 1.3 were coming out, and we thought, well, we'd get rid of all the accountants. There's more accountants now, and we are even better at Excel. There was a time when we brought out bank machines and we said, okay, these instant tellers, we are going to lay off all the tellers. There's more tellers now. They just don't have to do the bad job of counting money because that wasn't a great job. How about the time when back in the earlier 1900s to get into an elevator, you would have a elevator operator. Someone would push the buttons for you. That was a job. Well, well, those jobs are gone, but they were absorbed into something else. What about the horse and buggy drivers? If you look at the moment, Google New York 1900, there's like one car on the road. 10 years later, 15 years later, there's one horse on the road. All those horse and buggy drivers were laid off. Where did they all go? They were absorbed. They changed. They worked on cars. The truth is, is I remember this distinctly in my life that in the late 90s when the internet was coming about, the internet was going to come and take all these jobs away and be crushing. It did take away a ton of jobs, but it added a bunch of jobs. So the truth is to technology and the economy and AI and robots is we will lose 10,000 job titles, but we'll gain probably more than 10,000 job titles. I can't tell you what they are. Like if I met you 15 years ago and I said, um, so-and-so that I know is a data scientist, you would say, like, what is that, right? How could I explain to somebody who ran a farm in the early 1900s, 80% of everybody's a job across the world in 1902 was directly or indirectly related to farming. So if you go back in time and you speak to someone and say, hey, I'm from 2020 and it's only 2%, no longer 80, they would say, you must live in a terrible world. There must be no food, no jobs. It must be dystopian. I say, no, we have all these new jobs. And he would say, well, what new jobs do you have? And I say, well, a CIO. And he'll say, what's that? And I said, it's a woman who runs a computer network at a big company. He says, what's a computer? The point is, is that's what we're going to experience again with artificial intelligence and robots. I can't name the new jobs because we don't know what they are. But consistently, we've always struggled with new things. And when the change comes in, we actually do really well. You're listening to Business Unplanned, a business podcast series from BMO. Make sure you subscribe for more conversations, learning and insights, or visit our business hub at bmo.com forward slash small business resource hub. There you'll find helpful articles and videos for any stage of business, whether you're starting out, expanding, or looking for advice. I recommend the latest content series on crisis planning, which in this current age is more relevant than ever. 
There's an expansive e-guide that you can download absolutely free with chapters about cash flow crisis or even applying for government grants. And there's four companion workbooks to help you get started. So if you want to see your business one step ahead, visit bmo.com forward slash small business resource hub. So it is coming up to, to wrapping up the session. So Michael, I wanted to ask you one more question. Can you give us some of your final thoughts on what you think the future looks like? Yeah, I, I think that there, I, I've heard people say things like, remember the golden era of you know Hollywood and all this time when there was a golden era. I don't think that's true. I don't think we've lived in a golden era better than we have now. I think the only problem all of us share together is that we weren't born in the future. And what I mean by that is that if you step back for a second from everything we're in right now, just put your pens down, step away from the computer, stop thinking about COVID for a second, and stop thinking about two years or four-year electoral cycles or whatever, you would recognize the world is getting dramatically better. And then what's a time when the Aztecs and the Romans were on the planet at the same time 2,000 years ago and never knew each other existed. And if I look at that picture and I keep forwarding humanity on 100 years, I see a world that has wars and everything else. But the good news is we start to come together more. Uh, thousands of languages come down to fewer languages. The thousands of rules of law come down to very few rules of law. Global information starts to be shared. And the statistics are getting dramatically better. You know. In 1880, under the same definition today, 80% of our planet was under extreme poverty in 1880. Extreme poverty has rocketed down, and we actually may have conquered extreme poverty in total by 2035 to 2045. The world is getting dramatically better. Almost in every chart, when you step back from it, it's going up to the right. Computing power is getting exponentially better. And what does that mean? That means that if we had a pandemic, in March of 2020, sometime within a year, we're actually having a conversation about having a vaccine. There is no time in human history we could have that conversation. In the pandemic of 1918, there wasn't even a concept of this. We just would have to tough it out. Then about 700,000 Americans died in that, and probably more didn't because we didn't travel as much back then. The truth is, is the world is getting dramatically better, and maybe the fake news is that it is not. So I want you to keep that in mind when you think about your lives. And I can kind of prove it to you when you think about it. If you went to the hospital today, would any of you want medicine from 1990, 2000, 2010? Would anybody watching this today want medicine from 2018 or today? Today, no, you would want it for, if I gave you, how about 2030, 2040? You would always take medicine of the future. And that tells you, you know by your gut, the world is getting dramatically better. Computing power is getting much, much stronger and much, much cheaper. I mean, we are on an incredible precipice of solar. Solar used to be $76 a photonic volt. It's cruising to one cent. It is crushing the oil and gas industry right now. All the new jobs that got created in the past two years came from renewables and mainly solar. We are crossing that time. There was a time we laughed at the electric car. Now everybody who makes cars can't do enough but to make you electric cars. We are making incredible jumps in artificial intelligence or prediction machines. The price of money is cheap. You know, we're, we may have to store energy much better with exponentially better batteries. We're entering a phase of maybe quantum computing to understand how much better computing is getting what today a computer would take 14,000 years to solve, 
quantum computers can solve it in three seconds, we're not far away from making that ubiquitous and driving that to your home. By the year 2042, on the same trajectory we have now, whatever iPhone kind of thing exists, maybe it's glasses, maybe it's a chip inserted into your body, but for the same price of this iPhone 11 I have in my hand, by 2042, it will be as powerful as all 8 billion humans on the planet for $1,000. So the future holds the possibilities for the common person to have all the power of computing for all of humanity at their fingertips for a thousand bucks and soon it'll be $10 after that. The world is getting dramatically better. Specialized medicine is coming in. It'll read every single journal in 10 minutes and tell you what therapy to have based on your DNA, 3D printing you a pill. The world is getting dramatically better. I know we're at a hard time. I know it seems like this pandemic will never end. It will end. We will get past this. We've gotten past world wars. We've gotten past pandemics before. But now we have this computing power. It's incredible. And there's no other time where you want it to be born except for the future. So thank you very much for joining us today. And thank you to BMO. This has been fantastic to speak to so many Canadian businesses across the country. Thanks for listening to Business Unplanned, a business podcast from BMO. Join us next month for our all new episode exploring your business questions. You don't want to miss it, so subscribe now. And while you're at it, go ahead and rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us out. For other great resources, stop by our business resource hub at bmo.com forward slash small business resource hub, where you can book an online appointment or speak to a BMO advisor.